0: Father, we love your word, so open up your word to us tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Tonight, I don't know how, 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 I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, uh, minister out of just unction. Uh, you know, just as a way of example, I just, uh, felt like I had something for this young lady here. You're still young. You're, you're beautifully young, smart, I know how to do those things. And, uh, I don't plan on the ecstatic outburst, but there's a rhythm and there's a flow to the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to teach out of that place. So it's not maybe maybe going to make systematically sense, but we're going to just track with the Lord. And uh, the reason I'm saying that is because it's a good learning moment that uh, walking with the Holy Spirit, He is always the leader of the dance. And the challenge often is, is God is not opposed to your intellect. but Revelation is filtered through intellect. And so your intellect will often say things like this, this is why we have to change our language. That's crazy. God's out there. You know, I don't really understand it. And the point is, you're not supposed to understand it. Is your that's why your mind needs to be renewed and your intellect get into align with what God is speaking. But often when we're walking with the Lord. In a sense, it doesn't make sense intellectually, but as we, one of the things I pray every morning over my life, Lord, let me be sensitive to the Lord. So even, even, uh, I, I constantly try and use every, because God is very practical, I try and use everyday experiences to teach me about the impressions of the Lord. If I drive home a particular way, I go, God, how do you want to drive home today? Oh, I got a little nudge to go this way. And as you lean into those things, you become more accustomed, and you can you can constantly do life with the Lord. The Bible concept knows no understanding of spiritual and secular. That's why when God speaks to you to pray for that person at work, you're like, "Well, it's the middle of the day, Lord." Because like, he, 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 he's not an intellectual; he doesn't care. If it's the middle of the day, and the thing is. You might have a rule. This is this where it gets fun. You might have a rule that tells you if you pray for somebody at work, you're gonna get fired. But the more I don't particularly encourage this for novices. But the more you track with him, you can you can pray for that person and they they give you a raise because you prayed for that person. But you broke the rules. But you got to know his voice, or else you're getting fired. And it's not persecution. It's because you broke the rules. So we're going to move out of that place tonight. I just thought to explain that here for a minute. The, the, the point is use every day, use life. The psalmist said this, I have set the Lord always before me. Why? Because the Hebraic mind, everything was an act of worship. One, one uh, um, rabbi, obviously not applicable today but the, under, the principle is still there. He said a woman need not need go to the synagogue because in taking care of her family she is worshipping unto God. What was he he saying? He's saying that in that place, in in that doing of caring for children, in that washing your dishes, in that cleaning your home, it's all an act of worship unto the Lord. The reason we say that is because there is a challenge that God wants to hit the hammer to in Americans where this is worship and this is my life and I got this over here. And we separate the two, but it is one thing. I'm going to say it doesn't apply to you. That's why some people aren't here tonight. Because their family always does this. On New Year's. Nothing wrong with family. Some Some of these things are wrong. But if they're over and above the kingdom of God, you get that nudge to go. But in their thinking, so you can love Jesus... But if your thinking is not correct, you will always be missing turns in the cadence with the walk of the Lord. Some people don't even bring it before the Lord because in their mind, this is what they do on this day. I go visit my mom. Their thinking doesn't make space for putting God in everything that they do. So here's what the, some things, and and we know that God doesn't, you know, it's not like he's turning calendar years and he's changing what he's doing, but he does speak in seasons. And this is what I felt the Lord saying for this season. Stay the course, stay in faith, and stay focused for 2022 will be a banner year. I would say amen to that. I got excited when the Lord told me that. I'll say it again since some of you are a little behind the point there. Don't worry, they're not here, those people you're thinking about. They're not here. Focus. Stay the course. Stay in faith and stay focused for 2022 will be a banner year. It will be a year of abundance, joy and hope for the people of God. Now catch this part. This is important. Refuse to be moved by a complaining and accusing spirit that defines the mouth and the heart of so many of my children. For what you speak in this season will be the world that you inherit in this season. Connect and stay connected with the people of like precious faith. For those of the household of faith will flourish and be satisfied in this season. Now, saying that does not mean there will not be any challenges. Like, again, it's like this mocking, you know that masquerades itself as 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 God's. forgiveness. what well, you're saying. There's no challenges. No, I'm not. That's what I'm saying. I'm just telling you what God said. And it is God's word that is always given to us as a gift to define our reality. God's word to you sets you up for how you face a challenge. Look at Matthew seven. It's really clear right here. Matthew, by the way, we're going to hopefully jump into a lot of scripture. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built the house on the rock. And the rains ascended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall. Excuse me, for it was founded on the rock. Notice that how the man built by the word of God defined what happened in the storm. The foolish man, which you'll read about here in a minute, is the man who did not respond to the word of God, and because he did not respond, his life got destroyed by the storm that came. Both people faced a storm, but they experienced it differently, based on the lens by which they viewed reality. Our circumstances do not define the word of the Lord, but the word of the Lord is to define our circumstances. I'm so thankful. I remember, uh, actually, that trip, Kyle. I one morning, just hanging out, with the Lord, and He really gives me like this, this confirming promise about a particular area of my life. I'm thinking, you you know, that's really nice of you to tell me that. That was that was encouraging, you know. That was a feel encouraged. I knew you said that before. That encouraged me again. But why are you I'm thinking, why are you telling me See, he's not an intellectual? Why are you telling me this now? I didn't know the world was gonna shut down in like three weeks. So he gave me a promise. And I remembered as soon as this like shut down came. I got this promise from the Lord of what he said. So I don't know. I don't care what's happening to my neighbor. I don't care. I I, I want to help my neighbor. But they're, 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 what they're experiencing doesn't define how I'm going to experience this next season. And because of that encouragement for the Lord, this prayer came up with me. And I've, and I've tried to apply it to every area of my Lord, thank you. I want to thrive, not just survive. Amen. You know what that meant? Being really quiet. And not watching a lot of health updates and then that first Saturday morning I was supposed to go to Ohio that that morning and I remember I said I just went before the Lord it's often what I always I said Lord let's talk give me some insight here and he said this does not change my plans and purposes for the earth whatever this is taking place this does not change my plans and purposes for the earth here's another uh, thought that's really important it's this that when God speaks, it will often locate areas of trauma that God wants to heal you from. You know, he's like, you're going to be amazing, and you're going to do this, and you're awesome, and you're... That's why, like, like I, I held off on going to, like, prophetic ministry for a while, because I just had a whole lot of issues to deal with, to align with the other words that I already had, a million other words. Because I remember years ago, Ruth was Gary Brooks. First time I saw him at Uday, and uh, I met him before the meeting. And I felt like I was supposed to go to this service, and uh, I'm there. And you know, he meets me before service, and you know, they do their worship. And you know, Gary, first thing he does is said, "Where's Abner?" You know, it's me. Stage. He's on one side, and he's got his big trumpet. It's toys. He was a prophet with toys. We're peculiar people. But here's the thing. We were talking about this in the office. God will often wrap around what you need to peculiar things that offend you. It's really true. Like people go to meetings they've never been to. Like I didn't really like that. Good. Probably exposing something inside of you. So he blows this trumpet and I go flying. And he's given this word. And I thought he's done with his prophetic word. And I listened to the word later. I thought to myself, whoever's getting that word after me is getting a really good word. Like that's an awesome word. Years ago. And uh, I realized he was talking to me. And I thought, there's no way that word lines up with me. So what happened? Where I'm at in my heart. Could not embrace where God wanted to take me. So there was an area that needed an upgrade. I remember years ago flying with Delta, so you know, I think 1.7 million miles now, but didn't have that many miles back then. I got like my first upgrade, and they send these emails that tell you you're upgraded. It's the day before I'm on a trip. You've been upgraded for thank you, Jesus, first You know, praise the Lord. And I'm in this seat. It's so funny life is funny some of you need to laugh a little more <laughs> so i was too proud to ask how to push that seat back i think like you know you gotta act like you've been there before that was not good that was not the lore it was years ago and i finally get the thing to push back and i fall asleep for like 10 minutes and boom that thing hits and I hear the Lord say, i have given you an upgrade, but you don't know how to live an upgrade. So these words come to bring you up, upgrade in your mind, in your heart, but they also help expose the trauma in your heart. Moses is like, you know, listen to some of the words people get. Zacharias is a great one. He's, he's actually praying for things that there's trauma in his heart that he cannot receive it. That's why you got to deal with those things. He's a good man. He's not, you know, righteous, holy, he's praying. He's actually that's that, if you don't get anything out of tonight, ask the Lord if there is trauma in your heart that is preventing you from receiving a promise that you've been asking the Lord for. I got quiet with that one. Listen, you can you can throw all the, the nice Tony Robbins phrase out a new year, new me, it don't change unless your heart changes your mind changes. Don't change. I would have never said that going up in New Jersey, but I just did. Zacharias, the son. And you got Gabriel too. That's a good angel. He comes and he, he, like, read the word. Like, who wouldn't want that word? Your son. He's going to prepare, you know, all these things. And he goes, how can this be? And God is so gracious that he goes, and if you don't think your words matter, he goes, you're not going to be able to talk. And the next time he talks, it's only when he comes into alignment with the prophetic word. There was such a wound in there, he couldn't even speak in alignment with the word of God. Moses, same thing. He still struggled with that. Never broke free of that. You're my, you know, I'm the God who hears. I'm the God of covenant. You're my spokesperson of deliverance. How can I? And all his life led up to this moment of being the deliverer. Yet he can't receive that assignment. And God will work with you where you're at, but you got to work with God and identify what's in there. 2002, 22, this is how the Lord phrased it for me. For those, he said this, he was very specific when he said this. For those who have faith to believe will be a year of deep and divinely ordained encounters. Acceleration. So I looked up that word. The act of increasing speed or velocity. Do you know how you accelerate things? Quick obedience. You know one of the pathways to quick obedience is don't eat. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> Lord, Jesus, I like to eat. I do, I enjoy eating. But something about setting that aside, that speeds up, Lord, I'll do whatever you say, you know. For those who have faith to believe, 2022 will be a year of extreme abundance. So that word extreme, going well beyond average. Extremely plentiful or oversufficient quantity or supply. And here's the following. And then he also said, For, for 2022, for those of, who, who have faith to believe, it will be a year of revelation, beauty of the Lord, repentance, a release of a fresh baptism of fire, pioneering spirit to birth God realities. He just said, Amen. I'm going to say Amen to myself. I'm getting excited about what God said. Amen. That's good. That's really good. Somebody like, yeah, if you hadn't taken so long in the offering, I'd be more awake. But you should have gotten coffee. Then <laughs> I, 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 was struck by this. For the Lord says, my people have reason to be optimistic and hopeful and full of faith in this season because this is what I saw. I saw, I think I saw this yesterday or two days ago. Because though the plan of the enemy will seek to be released worldwide, this is what I saw. I don't know anything about this, but this is how I saw it, and I think it makes sense. I saw like a chessboard and I saw like the enemy trying to infiltrate like and to move and to operate and to do things and to use people and governments and this and that. And also use the people of God in complaining, in grumbling, in Americanism. But the Lord... Was already one step ahead of the enemy in every step, the enemy, everything the enemy tried to do. Let me say that again: the Lord was one step ahead of the enemy in everything He wanted to do. I saw like a chessboard, the enemy trying to make its move, but God was always one step ahead of the enemy. The gate of heaven is open for my people, and my word and my spirit has not lost any power. Yet it will be my people's ability to stand in the counsel of the Lord and not be moved, by, and not be moved that will define their fruitfulness in this season. This was this morning. For those who, st- I got really excited when he said this. For those who stand in faith, I will even fulfill that which my people thought could never happen or is even impossible in this present circumstance. Amen. This is who we are. We're an overcoming people. Doesn't mean we deny the challenge, doesn't mean we don't deny, and it doesn't mean you don't have people who communicate and speak to the evil and the darkness taking place. Every one of us should at least take a meal to fast for this upcoming Supreme Court thing. I've tried to be very careful and say this, but I'll say this here tonight. No one should ever be forced to take a vaccination they don't want to take. The Bible does not talk about vaccination, but it does talk about freedom. God makes provision available for every generation, yet God cannot do for man what he's given responsibility for them to govern, this is really important. Your life And your responsibility in your heart is your responsibility to govern. That's why Paul said, work out your own salvation. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And I want to go back to something the Lord spoke to me on August the 12th. He said that we're in a defining moment in the body of Christ. August the 12th, 2021. A defining moment means the point at which the essential nature of character of a person or a group of people is revealed. And the Lord said this to me. He said, I'll define my people by that which I've made available to my people in this season. And what I have made available is unlimited in potential and purpose. Two days ago, I saw these same angels just watching to see how we would respond in this moment. You don't tell angels what you do, but you follow God and those angels are moving on your behalf. It's a beautiful thing to agree with God. When you're agreeing with God, that unseen realm is working. You go to bed at night; everything's working on your behalf. The moment you say yes to something of God in your life, your whole life is now being orchestrated according to the fulfillment of that word to take place. Amen. So I said, we're not moved by what we see. Go back. I've shared this in other places, but I feel uh, impressed to just share it tonight, April of 2020 we're praying on this prayer call and I'm still struck by this and I almost go back into the experience of it almost every time I share it. I'm praying and I discern that there's this very particular angel that I have never discerned before. And he's not there, he's he's there but he's looking through me. And I'm going, Lord I'm telling you, the spirit of the fear of the Lord is a beautiful thing. What do you think? Would God do that? And you're about to say something And you remember this Fear the Lord It's scary good I'm glad I'm on his side These people who mock God One day will stand before that God they mock And they will realize I have been deceived my whole life looking at and I'm thinking, you know, you don't ask him, but, you know, in my mind I'm thinking, what is he doing? And the Lord speaks to me and so says, he's looking at the people of God to see if they will respond correctly in this season. And then I saw him leave and go around the United States and he was going and he was, he was looking to see what the people of the United States would do in this season. Our positioning is the only thing that saves this nation for as for as we know it now, and as what God intended it to be. And listen to me, don't believe this lie. According to Matthew the twenty-fifth chapter, God holds every person in this room responsible for stewarding their nation correctly. There will be sheep, and there will be goat nations. God is not American, but He holds you responsible for what He for, for the place and the territory He has placed you in. Our defining moment will be determined by our positioning. Proverbs 4:23 says, above all else, above mean the highest place. Guard your heart from every for, for this is NIV. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you d- do flows from it. Everything you do flows from how your heart is positioned. Everything you do flows from how your heart is positioned. Everything you do flows from how your heart is positioned. Everything you do flows from how your heart is positioned. Everything you do, h- is positioned. you do flows from how your heart is positioned. Everything you do flows from how your heart is positioned. We've been created like God, three distinct pers- three distinct parts, one person. Unlike God, though, we're not always in complete unity. I don't know if you ever noticed that. A key aspect of the, uh, of discipleship is learning to have all all three operate as one. You know something very interesting that I observed. Uh, particularly uh, last year, I've seen some people. You know, they're on this diet program. God bless them. They're losing weight, and uh, I noticed. It's very interesting. You'll, you'll see this played out. We're three distinct parts, but one person. And we'll talk about this more, but you don't have a spirit. You are a spirit. But what's very interesting here is you see people, they maybe lose large amounts of weight around this program. They're like, I feel confident now. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. I feel confident now. Hey, right, so now I not want to get up in the morning. Why? Because one aspect of who they are has now changed, it's affecting other parts of them. But correctly understood, if you don't track it all correctly, it's why the world can never offer you full answers. If you don't fully track it from the inside out, it's never going to be done properly. I just know my own life, sometimes, uh, I've given this example before, sometimes so I'm ministering multiple sessions. Usually on a Sunday, I'll minister in the morning. Then, you know, come back and minister at night. Often what I'll do is I'll go for, I'll be, you know, I'll be a little tired. And I'll go, I'll eat lunch and I'll go for a run. And, you know, the first four minutes, I'm like, the devil is a liar. You know, why am I doing this? But I've learned if I get my body moving, I go back to my hotel. I take a shower. I feel completely refreshed after I lay down for 10 minutes. Why? I'm three distinct parts, one body. I've moved my body and I know if I sit in that bed it's just going to feel worse. So I start moving that body. Now, I'm clearer. I also get a cup of coffee too. Praise the Lord. Someone told me tonight they don't drink coffee. I said, they're not going to like heaven. (laughs) What happens? I'm activating one part and now I can Hear God better. I'm more clear. I'm, there's clarity to what I'm doing. The body, to be honest with you, has been a very uh, often neglected part with mostly classic Pentecostals. I mean, at least the, the, the group that people I, you know, I grew around, it was like chicken, you know, donuts. <laughs> we definitely needed healing lines every Sunday because of the food we were eating. <laughs> And it's like you're binding the devil. No, you need to bind your mouth. And then we create whole, whole church cultures that mock us destroying ourselves. Oh, I can't even walk past that chicken rod gave in six pounds. <laughs> you know? and, and all those demons are like, yes, we're going to keep them fat. No, seriously, you got to think about these things. If God has called you to do certain things and your body's not well, it'll be difficult to fulfill them all. There's no shame, there's no blame, but you can start on the inside out. You know, many, you know, I know my mom grew up very poor. She was never taught about health and, and fitness and these things. And as an adult, she's learned these things. She's learned a little too much in my opinion, but... Sure you want to eat that? Yes. Mm. Learning to govern ourselves through the power of the Holy Spirit is one of the great privileges of life. Within ourselves, we are a community. I don't know if you realize this, but you have a relationship with yourself. You do not have a spirit. You are a spirit. It is your unseen spirit, hopefully it's born again, that governs the seen world. An unseen God who is a spirit governs the world through seen people through their unseen spirit catch that. He patterns us after himself. Here's how Peter put it. Now obviously the context is talking about something different than we're not talking about tonight. But catch this point that he makes. Wives, this is 1 Peter 3, verse 1. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, even if some do not obey the word. They, without word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward. Now, this is a point we want to focus on tonight. Do not let your adornment be outward, arranging hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. With uncorruptible beauty of gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Hidden person of the heart. Hidden person of the heart. Which leads us to this other concept here, the biblical concept of a heart. We're talking about positioning of the heart now. Everyone has a heart. I know, deep teaching. Very impressed, I can tell. Now here's an important thought. External voices determine inward condition. Inward condition determines external behavior. External voice determines inward condition. Inward condition determines external behavior. Most references to the heart are the human heart, uh, but they're not referring to actually the heart as a biological thing. The heart is what they're saying, the center of you. You know, they're saying that, you know, this place between that. That's not true. It's what we, we've tried. We put in bad language to actually what's happening. Because it's your heart that is everything. The heart represents the idea of the will, the human choice and conscience. That's 1 Samuel 24, uh, verse 5. The heart represents the act of willing, the act of determining, the choice. The heart is the center of decisions, it's where people receive God's word, it's where conversion takes place. Understanding. The heart functions as the source of thought and reflections, highlights its intellectual capacities. Isaiah 6:10, Mark 7:21 through 23. If you're wondering where this is in Scripture, to hold the truth in one's heart is to understand it fully in a way that will impact one's life. Deuteronomy 8:5. You'll see this uh, pattern in the life of Mary. To me, one of the most phenomenal characters in the Scripture. There's a church with big cathedrals. They, you know, they pray to her. I don't pray to her. But she's still a phenomenal figure. Because you'll see, she treasured the word of the Lord in her heart. And because I believe she treasured it, and she had it such treasured, she elicited a miracle when it wasn't even the right time. That's how powerful faith is, and that's how powerful the word of God is in your heart. And that's also how powerful and how concerned Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are with every area of your life. Think about it, turning water into wine. Not, you know, there's probably people, people hungry, people, you know, yeah. You know, it kind of throws off that whole thing of like, you know, the most important thing is souls, brother. Where's that in scripture? If I had to choose, I would probably choose that. It just doesn't say it in scripture. And that's important. People are like, well, no, it is. it's the most important. I want to suggest to you that if you look at the world in a way different than God, then you don't have God's vision for the world, so you fall short of representing Him properly. And when you focus on souls, the whole America has gone to hell. It got quiet. It is not the only focus of God, souls. Get quiet now. I'm hitting those buttons. If all God cared about was souls, you could ask Him to kill you after you got saved. The whole concept of getting born again is not the end goal. It's for you to be like Him. And because you're like Him, you bring more souls. But because we're not like him, we don't see a harvest that he wants us to give us. Okay. When people do not take something the heart, they fail to understand it in a manner that actually makes a difference in, in their life. Isaiah 42.25 The heart provides wisdom to rule justly and wisely. 1 Kings 3.12 1 Kings 10.24 It discerns good and evil. As the seed of understanding, the heart is the locus of one's imagination. To be cut to the heart. What were they? Acts 2.37, when they got born again. They were cut to the heart, not to the mind. That's very important. That's why we pray. Lord, we pray that the eyes of their understanding would be open. Their understanding is here. If you give people an intellectual gospel, then they have an intellectual God. It's not wrong with starting with their intellect, but it must have a revelatory, practical experience where it wraps their whole heart. That Jesus is not an idea. He's a person, a man-God to be experienced. That's why the Lord wants to deliver American pulpits of nice teaching that is not much better. Actually, Tony Robbins is better than much of that. Sorry, forgive me. No, I'm not really sorry. It's just, it doesn't help people. You cannot change the world if you just have a low-level expression of what they're like. It's a passionate thing for me. For people to sit. I'm not, not mad at anyone. But for thousands of people to sit in a cathedral week after week after week for an hour at a time. And giving them little stuff. I don't even know what's happening in that room. And they think that this is God. And when they have a problem they can't overcome in life. And we make up weird things to get them into the building. Yet there's a God with a passionate heart for them. That has a purpose for them. That wants to live above limitations. And we bind them to these religious ideas. And religious men think of these ideas to draw a crowd. And they're so disappointed because they went to a service and made Jesus Lord, but it cannot practically affect their life. And we tell people bound with stuff, just read the Bible, study more, when they need a devil knocked out of them. God created your heart to be governed by the knowledge it receives. God has ordained, revealed knowledge to define your heart. God created your heart to govern your thinking and therefore your behavior. Your heart has been created as a one-way highway. I'll say that again. It's really important to understand this. Your heart has been created as a one-way highway. That's why it's above else. Guard your heart. Because if it's not guarded, it's so. it's often so subtle. You think of someone. You get a little... You know, oh you heard about them you know they did something wrong you seven years and you let that thing you think about that thing that they did to you even though you're forgiven them but what you do is trying to get a little piece of your heart that has offense now trying to get your heart to not operate with faith and love in there I'm not talking about like constant, like oh' work that to stop that that's it doesn't change anyone but this understanding that these little seeds that you put in your heart stop the forward momentum because why he says out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. But that heart is not is only a one-way stream. So what does he do? He gets believers to dispute over stupid things. And this person did this. He's going late and I don't know why he's not done yet. He took so long on the offering. All these things. And that flow of your heart is only a one-way place," he said. "No one can serve two masters. No one, no one, no one, either aligned with heaven and the Word of God or aligned with the wrong thing." And I say, avoid unnecessary disputes. There's just, there's just, there's a focus that God wants to give His people in this season. Remember, years ago, Brother Hagen was famous for they said, "Fast unnecessary things," and I, 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 I'm doing a lot better discerning it. I got all sorts of thoughts, and I rebuke those thoughts and go on with my life because they're not relevant to the purposes of God. The conditioning and the positioning of your heart determines your behavior. What you're feeding your heart defines your behavior. What you feed uh, what, what you feed your heart upon defines its appetite. So if you're constantly feeding with the right things, you will hunger for those things at a greater measure. We were created to be defined by revelation. Revealed knowledge. Revealed truth. Revealed things that the Lord wants to tell us. Hosea 4.6 says what? My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Not intellectual knowledge. God's not opposed to that. Revealed knowledge. The revealing of who God is. Proverbs 29.18 Without a revelation. Without revealed knowledge. My people perish. Without revealed knowledge. My people perish. John 16, let's read out of passion tonight. You still with me? Thank you for coming tonight. Thanks for being patient. Sometimes it takes some time to develop it. John 16, verse 12. We'll touch on this point in a minute. There's so much more I'd like to say to you, but there's more than you can grasp at this moment. That's really important right there. I mean, out got the passion. Yeah, okay, great. You, got, ooh, you guys are good. here. Yeah. Very important there. He doesn't tell you everything you need to know in one moment. We'll look at it in a minute. He's, so he's telling you. There, I believe when Jesus came... This is extraordinary to I me. Mean, constantly I'm bogged by this. The one who, who who actually himself created the universe. Comes and lives in the limitation of that world. There's so many things I think he wanted to say. So many things he wanted to open up to us. So many things. And he says like. Oh, okay let me just tell them. Like parables. Like things to sort of illustrate what this world is about. There's many things I want to tell you. He says it there. But it's more than you can grasp in this moment. I've been there. There's something that happened to me maybe three years ago. I said, I wish you could have told me like, you know, way back then. He goes, you couldn't handle it. This is a word for some of you. You know that thing you're asking God, he's going to give it to you. He really is. But it's going to be in his timing. Lord spoke to me, something else he said to me. He said, you know, when you thought I wasn't answering your prayer, I was actually protecting you. But when the Spirit, the truth-giving Spirit comes, He will unveil the reality of every truth within you. Catch that part. That's really important. He will unveil the reality of truth that is within you. Why is that important? Because Jesus tells us in Luke, the 17th chapter, He says, don't look here, don't look there, for the kingdom of God is within you. So now, catch the beauty of what, what the Lord does here with our hearts. This is really good. If you... Like if you don't like like if you like if, if you're having trouble enjoying the joy of being born again please get born again tonight or please let the beauty of it be unveiled to you When you get born again that old life was so bad he just decided I don't want to even try and touch that I don't want to I don't want to renovate it let's just start again Let's give him a born-again spirit, that your spirit is exactly like Jesus. And he makes you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. So he, when he looks at you, he looks at you the same way he looked at Jesus. Jesus. And he puts you into Jesus, and he picks the time that you would li- li- live in the earth. So, everyone in this room, you are in the earth for such a time as this. Amen. And everyone who comes to the earth, he had a purpose. And his purpose was for you to live forever. It's really good news. You're not going to live forever in this body, some of you are happy with that he makes you born again. And now you live on this earth, but you have access to this thing called the kingdom of God. And he has very specific, he didn't just give you a new nature, he gave you the ability to live completely different. He gave you a new nature and a whole new way of looking at things. And what He does is, before you ever came to the earth, He thought about you. I'm serious. He actually had you in mind. I don't know how He does this, but He's God. He's beyond genius level. So He saw you. He went to the end of your life. He's the greatest architect ever. That's why when you speak the word of God, you call things not as though they are, because in God's heart they already exist. And so he's just executing the plan of God for your life according to the word of God in your life and your ability to agree with it. So he's got all these thoughts towards you, according to Psalm 139. My thoughts towards you are like the sand of the seashore. And though you live here on the earth, He describes the kingdom of God like Matthew 22. He describes it like a banquet, an unlimited banquet. And he says, bid them to come. Tell them about this unlimited kingdom with this banquet. And he's describing, I believe, at least in some places, Americans there. Like, we got married, we're doing this. You'll see, that's where the rubber always meets the road there. We don't have time for that. Even though he describes this banquet, he describes these things that he has for people. So what do we do to position our hearts correctly? This is what I do, and this is what I encourage you to do. You recommit in this new year. Matthew 22, 36, and 37. To love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Years ago, I made this commitment to the Lord that I wanted to be a theologian of the beauty of God. I wanted to explore, if no one ever knew my name, I wanted to explore everything available and all those thoughts he has towards me. And so you begin to walk with Him, but it's the positioning of your heart that actually draws those things. It's when you go, it doesn't matter anything, but I will do what you want me to do. Those who will to do my will will know that my doctrine is from God. What's he saying? Those with the resolute heart will hear my voice. And then that word comes in your heart. And according to Isaiah 28, he builds the inside of you. Whether you can see it or not, there is a house of words of your life is being built on. And as you hear what he's saying, there is an application of truth. That's why he says according to Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of your word brings life. I talked about one area tonight, but this is what happens. It's only in the application of truth that you know truth. hundred dollars. can I have A hundred dollars. And then you practice that truth. And he unveils that truth in greater measure to you. And he starts, he starts displaying to you, you can trust me in this area. I am faithful in this area. And that word unwraps to you. And you begin to walk out this truth. And your heart is positioned. And there is an unlimited potential. He built according to Isaiah. Truth upon truth. Precept upon precept. When he speaks. His word divides. It locates where you're at. And how he'd like you to think. Your thinking starts on the inside. What he calls that is the transformation of the mind. And as you walk with him, precept upon precept, and let me tell you, I don't care where you're at, you can overcome. I don't care what your family background is. You can overcome and have a purpose. I don't care where if you've never prayed for a sick person. You can pray for them. I don't care what you've done. You can overcome because you're the righteousness of God. But He says this is a prerequisite. It never changes. That's why you. He tells us you always. This is what the kingdom of God is like. It is the he he goes they they he, they try to bring children to him they got like Pentecostal like uh, like uh, armor bears no oh, don't get away from Jesus and he goes no unless you come like that you cannot unless you are converted conversion in your thinking you cannot receive this unlimited kingdom that I'm giving you. It is that type of heart that then becomes unlimited in display. It is that type of heart. It doesn't mean you don't have any challenges. It doesn't mean that you won't be challenged. It doesn't mean that fear won't try and override you. It doesn't mean that intimidation won't try and override you. But it is that resolute heart. It takes a bold person to stand in the things of the Lord. And there's this subtle little thing that I see among God's people that after we've seen some things, after we've seen some fruit, it tries to put you in cruise control. It tries to keep you in that place. It tries to keep, you saw that miracle two years ago. You really stepped out here and God's will is for you to be so far off that boat that you cannot trust in anything that you have in your own. But you say, I can only walk in faith from this day forward. That's so why it's so important, this concept of repentance. Repentance is changed thinking. Look at Matthew 3. We'll land the plane here in a minute. Look at verse 1. It was at this time John the Baptist began to preach in the desert of Judah. And his message was this. Catch this. His message was this. The realm of God's kingdom a passion, I read out of passion, is about to appear. So you better keep turning from evil and turn back to God. Isaiah was referring to John when he prophesied, a thunderous voice, one will be crying in the wilderness, prepare yourself for the Lord's coming and a level straight path inside your hearts for him. Catch that part, inside your hearts for him. We know that John, John did not do any miracles. It writes of John that John's message was repentance. His message was repentance. Change your, repentance means change your thinking. Change your thinking for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what's that message according to Isaiah supposed to do? It's supposed to, it is in your changed thinking That when people change their thinking, it prepares the way for the coming of the Lord. It prepares the way so when your mind is being transformed, you are preparing for a greater release of God's power on your behalf. Jesus confirmed this message in Matthew the fourth chapter. What does he teach? Verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim his message with these words. Keep turning away from your sins and come back to God. I'm spitting now. Now I'm doing good. For heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. Where does your thinking change? Your thinking changes within your heart. When your heart changes, it becomes more pliable to make way, the path for the Lord. Because it comes through your mind and your heart. It is possible, if your heart is not positioned correctly, to miss a defining moment. God always intended for you to progressively grow in truth. So there is an invitation tonight to grow beyond the place that you're at. Now catch what he says. Remember. You're a three-part being like God. It's very interesting. Your body simply does what it is programmed to do in its thinking. In the Old Testament, David actually said this in Psalm 84. He said, My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Notice he didn't get that teaching on his you know, flesh being bad and all that stuff. Because his thinking and his behavior, we know he was a man of worship, prayer, and adoration. Because he fed his heart on that, his body craved the things of God. The reason this is important is because your heart helps you give understanding often. You're not led by your by what you feel and see. You're led by your spirit, but your body will often identify to you when things are off. That's why holiness, protecting your heart are so important because this is what the writer of Hebrews says. I don't know how we got on this, but this is right. Look at Hebrews 4, verse 1. That's what I wanted. Verse 12. Now catch this. We're talking about growing in truth, maturing our hearts, and having our hearts properly positioned so we can, by faith, receive what God is doing in this season. I told you it was not always going to make systematic sense and I'm almost done with the plan. Don't worry. You can sleep in until 9 tomorrow so you can be here by 10. For by this time you ought to be teachers another mark of discipleship. Can you replicate your life in other people? Would you want to replicate your life in other people? You need someone to teach you again the very first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Your senses, when you're tracking with the Lord, your senses will often give indication. Now I understand why sometimes people teach, I'll be led by, and I understand all that emotions. but when you, your heart is being properly sanctified, your emotions will often tell you something is wrong. not quiet that one? You ever been talking to someone? You know, huh ah, ah, ah. <laughs> That's your body reacting to what your spirit is trying to tell you. That something, you don't care what. I've had people, oh, praise the Lord, brother, not all this stuff. And they're saying all the right things. But all the alarm bells are going off in Abner. And I've learned not to dismiss that one. So what's the point? The point is you're more pliable and you can be more fruitful when your heart is properly aligned and tracking with the Lord in these things. But the challenge is if your mind and heart are filled with all these other things, then your life is less able to produce the fruitfulness of the impossible world God wants to release to you. It's not because God is being or cruel, cool. It's just because he is always the king. And he will never change the ways he relates to men to assent to our level of unbelief and immaturity. I'm a nice person. growth fruitfulness and maturity are determining are determined by building your life on revelation growing in revelation and protecting your heart above all else here's what Jesus said therefore every scribe concerning the kingdom of God is like a householder who brings out his treasure treasure things new and old what's he telling us there he goes It's not that what I said 10 years ago is irrelevant, but what I said 10 years ago is always conducted in light of what I've added to you in 2022. Years ago, over 25 years ago, just personally, I knew, I've never doubted God had called me to preach the gospel. Hey, might be a little harsh, but sometimes you're like, I don't know if I'm called to preach the gospel. You're probably not. Because when you know, you know. It's like being a man. I've never doubted being a man. I know. But for years, the Lord never really spoke to me anything about my ministry. And I would ask Him, you know, what am I called to do? Tell me. Tell me, Lord. I'll be like Benny Hinn, touch him Holy Spirit, I'm like, it's nice, the white suit you know, Holy Spirit and he's like, just be my friend and it wasn't until years later he began adding to that truth precept upon precept but there was lots of foundational things he wanted to put in me, and along the way he delivers you of all those things you think are right. That is still doing that today. He goes on this journey with you. That what is on the outside. Does not define you. But your walk with him on the inside. So secret moments. With him. That define your existence on the earth. Don't, don't let the enemy get you with intimidation. You can't do it. Learn to discern when the enemy is speaking. I, I'm shocked that so many people just let the enemy just beat them up. I've got more aggressive the last few days with the enemy. You can't do it. He just, in the name of Jesus! I get real Pentecostal. No, I do. Now I just got mad. It was like, you cannot have access to my heart. You might be able to challenge the Word of God, but you will not challenge it. One time I was on a plane, and he put a nasty thought of my I said, you need to get to the back of the plane. You don't belong in my mind. Close with this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. You know, sometimes I see certain people on TV and I see very interesting things that they're controlled by. And it doesn't I'm glad. I don't get mad. I just begin to pray that that thing that's harassing them, the thing that they think is them, would be exposed. That's why revelation is so important. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of stronghold, casting down arguments at every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience that when your obedience is fulfilled. Final one, James 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God. That's a big one right there. Submit to God. You can't resist the devil if you're not submitting to God. That's the the base place of warfare in this world. The good thing about warfare, it's a war that you've already won. But a lot of people are binding the devil, but they haven't resisted the devil. They haven't submitted to God, excuse me. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and what? He will flee from you. Don't let the enemy paralyze you with thoughts, panic, destruction in this season. Because that's what he'll seek to do in this season. If you miss a turn, just go. Lord, thank you. Forgive me. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Keep tracking on. No shame, no blame. It's all. It's often even just subtle. Sometimes the whisper, like I said, just these little things. They'll try and bring you back into things that happened years ago and get you offended again. This happened. That happened. And he replays these things. What it is is simply witchcraft. Because God has forgiven you. It's gone in the sea of forgetfulness, so the only one bringing that up is the enemy. Receive this word tonight. Father, we thank you tonight. If you just receive this word, just as a prophetic act, one, two, three, just stand your feet, and just lift your hands. This is something I pray over my life every day. I'm going to ask the Lord to speak to you tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, You are the Spirit of Truth. You reveal all truth. Truth truth is who You are, God. And You are the Spirit of Truth. So I release the Spirit of Truth all across this room to speak and minister to Your people. Father, any area out of alignment, any area of offense, any lie that we Oh, this is beautiful. I just see like a Holy Spirit, like the car wash thing. Any lie of unbelief. Any lies about ourselves. Any judgments, God. We have against ourselves. I ask that you reveal it tonight as we enter into this new year. You're a good, kind God. So reveal anything out of alignment. Tonight.